You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameSoup. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week are not Tina Amini, but Sam Claiborne is here. I'm joining you, though, right? You are. Justin Davis is here. Scoop. And Mark Medina is joining us this week. Welcome, Take Mark. two, Damon. Let's do this. Take two. This time for real. We're doing it live. We've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about a bunch of games that were announced recently, including Starfield and Redfall, including some games from Capcom, a bunch of Resident Evil announcements. But first, we should point out that we're recording this at 6 past 1 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday. This is before the Square Enix 10-minute presentation, so we're unable to comment on whatever might be announced there. If... Einhander is being remade in Unreal Engine 5. We can't talk about that just yet. We'll have to say that for it. Don't you have to be at that too, Damon? Next week's episode. Yeah, I'm going to be at that too. <laughs> After this. So please be excited for that. But let's talk well, about what we depends can. Depends on how long 20 questions goes, I suppose, right? I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Sorry, Corrado. I'm sorry. We're only at question they haven't, 15. They haven't gotten it yet. Jam's <laughs> narrowed it down to an arcade game on NES. He's definitely going to get it. Get Square on the phone. Just ask him to wait five more minutes. <laughs> this presentation is only 10 minutes long. Anyway, <laughs> we can talk about uh, some games or, that have already been announced in streams that have ha- already happened, including the Xbox and Bethesda showcase from last Sunday. Uh, a show that I watched and I, as, as a show, I thought was reasonably entertaining, although I didn't walk away with thinking, man, there are a lot of games there that I personally want to play. Mm. But we should, pro- we should talk about Starfield. We finally got to see mm. Starfield gameplay. What did we think about that, Mark? 
Oh, I can't believe Fallout 5 is a thing. I'm so excited. Oh, Starfield, Starfield, sorry. Uh yeah, no, Starfield looks great. I don't I don't know what to say. Like it, it was it was just like the Fallout 4 presentation from uh from 2015. Like the fanboy in me just kept watching and Todd Howard just kept giving me things that I want. Mm. Um yeah, sure. There's the whole like, yeah, it kind of looks like No Man's Sky, but like eventually we're going to hit to a point where every single game looks like every single game ever. I'm choosing to just look at Starfield and be incredibly, incredibly excited for what I saw. I the think Skatebird is pretty is- unique. It doesn't look like any other game. What's that? I think Skatebird is pretty unique. It doesn't look like <laughs> anything else. It does Definitely. look like it doesn't look like Ollie Ollie, though. <laughs> it doesn't look like any skateboard game that's ever existed. Uh, yeah. The only thing that has me a little worried about Starfield is the procedurally generated. Like there's a thousand planets. And they said that it's going to be very clear which planets are like story. Like there's there's stuff here and which planets are like, OK, this one's procedurally generated. Try to have fun. Um, but no, I'm try. very excited and I can't yeah, try to have fun. I mean, that's No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is just Bethesda like try to games. have fun, right? Try so, to have fun. <laughs> try to have fun. It's a challenge. Just um, try to have fun. <laughs> I dare you to have fun. I dare fun. you to have fun in our games. Uh, but the 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 ship customization looks really cool. I don't know. I'm excited for this game. I'm I'm in. I'm all in. I'm gonna live my Han Solo adventures for sure. I think it looks like a perfectly fun video game but i guess i'm not i'm not yet seeing yet what's like new or special about it yeah that's the exact same boat i'm in we're like look i actually really liked fallout 4 you know and 3 and skyrim like a big bethesda guy but even like fallout 4 is a little more divisive and even that one i really liked and so look like this is a game i'm gonna buy i'm gonna play well i'm not gonna buy it because i'm gonna play it on game pass but like this is a game i'm gonna play for 100 hours and really really enjoy i'm sure but from like the way that they demoed it, I thought it looked very kind of gray and it was like, they're like, you can craft stuff. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like you don't need it. Like that's not, (laughs) it's missing. Like it's missing like a thing. It didn't have like a, I guess they're still keeping the story very under wraps, but like you're in outer space. Like it needs to have some insane, like, it didn't end on like a moment where I'm like, Oh my God, now I'm so hyped for Starfield. It was just like shooting space pirates in a gray space station and then you emerge on a gray moon and your ship is gray and I, i'd like i don't know it, it it was a weird demo i felt um i didn't it didn't look that impressive that doesn't stop me from like bethesda i take on faith that that game is going to be fantastic and compelling and immersive and, and all of that stuff but um but i wish it um i wish they would have shown off a different chunk of it mm. sam mm. what'd you think um my first impression was that it looked like a very gray washed out a dull mass effect and like and it was it just doesn't have the life that you know you see in a in a spacefaring game that's really well thought out um there has you know mass effect has its issues but like its style is not one of them when you see mass effect and you see the alien races and the ships mm-hmm. and the planets and the places you go it's just oozing with influences from all these cool you know, sci-fi, it's like a pastiche of sci-fi and it's like also its own thing. And I love it. So there's parts of this game which look like they're approaching that. In fact, we're looking at the city area right now. I don't really like city areas, by the way, and this is supposed to be the biggest ever. It was kind of a turnoff for me. But that was the, my first impression of it. It's very similar to what Justin was talking about. It looks like like a bland uh, space-faring game without a hook. I also think it has some Bethesda issues. These faces mm-hmm. look like mm-hmm. Fallout 3. They don't look, I mean, the, if you look at The Last of Us and you compare it to 
The Last of Us 1, you watch that comparison video, The Last of Us 1 looks much better than this with facial animations. Like, that's shocking to me. Now, 20,000 lines of dialogue, I know. It's Two, difficult 200,000. 200,000, yeah. It's difficult to do this stuff, right? So <clears throat> ambition is one thing. It has to make up for that kind of jankiness with uh, some like awesome stuff. And, and, and it's not immediately apparent from this. Now, let me put a pin in all that and say, I love building spaceships and flying spaceships in games. And if that's a part of this game and it works and it's, you know, this extra layer, which is not about like Fallout 4 had like an extra layer of crafting, but it was like, how do you make the worst toilet stall in the world? Like, it's just like, it's it, like everything was like junk, you know, like I couldn't mm. believe that that was the crafting <laughs> in that game. Um, and so this, like, I hope that your ships can look you know, badass by the end of it, or that they are just really fun to piece together and think about how you get around. And like, that's a part of it. And like, you know, we saw some space combat and you really can't tell from that. I don't even want to make a, a judgment on what it's like, because there could be permutations of fun, but like, think about how the ships in Assassin's Creed four made Assassin's Creed four the best, in my opinion, Assassin's Creed game. I mean, I guess before the modern era, but I still think it's my favorite. And that could be the thing that makes this game amazing it could be you know i don't think uh, i mean the exploration is should be cool the storyline should be cool i just i I have so much trust in bethesda on that stuff but like Mm -hmm. the newness has to come i think from space combat and exploration and flying yeah it was a nice thing that i was gonna say it was a nice surprise that you can apparently banjo kazooie nuts and bolts your ship together yeah it's cool Mm -hmm. The one I, thing that surprised me about it was was story wise was that your character doesn't have a voice. They they mm-hmm. are stepping back from that from Fallout well, Four. They're going more outer worlds, you know, Fallout Three, where it's just like you you are the character. I didn't have a problem with that in Fallout Four, but it was v- deeply mm-hmm. unpopular with the fan base. So I'm not I'm not super surprised to see them walk that back. To be honest, I, I always thought that criticism made it harder to role play and they had like mm-hmm. you like the dialogue wheel had these like three word answers and it was a little bit hard to tell like what you were going to respond and so you know I, I do think that the lack of voice acting gives them more opportunities for kind of like deeper role playing and deeper conversations with people um but but you know i i understand that one um i don't know, like there's two there's two justins right like there's a justin that's been watching e3 for like 20 years that was like that game didn't demo that well. Like they, they, it needed to end with like some insane alien spaceship or like yeah, exactly. something crazy happening. But then there's the Justin that like really likes deep, immersive first person role playing games. I'm like, I don't care about any of that. This game's going to be a blast. Like it's going to sure. be great to play. I just, I think it put the wrong foot forward. Yeah. Let me also think- drop in Halo as like a stylish influence in sci-fi. Like the, the influence from that they've talked about in this is NASA, right? It's like realistic space stuff. But then you see like the gameplay is, is machine gunning down people and, and bases like, like many other games. So it's not really, you know, it, but I like the idea of like all the roles you can play and like how you can explore more than kill and stuff like that. Like that's all always really interesting to me. And, and, uh, I, I, um, yeah. I I agree also with Justin that it's just like the demo is super important, but I will say that, uh, and it wasn't, it it, it didn't have that hook, but that interview with Todd Howard had amazing stuff Mm -hmm. in it. That was, that was like, if you're going to watch one thing about this game, watch Ryan's Ryan McCaffrey's interview with Todd Howard. He tells you much more about the game than what's in that, what's in that gameplay segment. And it's more exciting to me. Like I, I have turned, even though taking into everything that everything I've already said, like I'm actually more excited for this game after that interview than I was before it. 
So that's really yeah. Cool. One thing I really wanted to know was, could, can you fly to a planet, you know, seamlessly? And I'm like, well, we they're, they're not going to tell us. And he told us the next day. And I thought that was <laughs> awesome uh, yeah. that, that you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't bother me either. Like, I know that some people no, online are kind of mad about that, but it's like, you know, and I, I understand the appeal of like the seamless space to sky, sky transitions in the games like No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. I think the No Man's Sky comparison is a little bit unfair um, because because Starfield is a role playing game. Like yeah. it's a role playing game through and through. Um, so you know it should be compared more to a game like Mass Effect. Although mm-hmm. even that, it's like they're very very different styles of RPG. But like I also saw some people criticizing the way that the shooting. Like nobody knows how the shooting feels because nobody's played the game. But based off what we saw, like the gunplay and shooting didn't feel like it was going to be that rewarding. Um, but you know. Again, it's an RPG. Like we don't even know if this game has like a Vats-like system. None of none of that bothers me. Like zipping around, you know, the galaxy and getting into hijinks and adventures, and just, just I just here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to New Atlantis. I'm gonna scoop up all the garbage that's on that planet, just all of it, and then I'm gonna use it to like recycle and make bolt parts onto my spaceship. And like I'm gonna have a great time doing it. Uh, I also want to opine for uh, the era of contiguous maps. And like when I played, what was it? Outer Worlds. That was the Obsidian game. Is that what mm-hmm. one is? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I don't like those. If in terms of just exploration, if we were just going to talk about exploration, I don't, I like a single map. I like to be able to walk mm-hmm. for a very long time and have, we've talked about this before where you like, you see the question mark and you're going by and you just go, you have to go check it out. And this is going to have that obviously in bite size and probably bigger than bite size areas right but there's something about like knowing that when i'm on you know death mountain and i know that the the gerudo desert is there i can always look towards it and move towards it and navigate that way like i just like that about video game maps and so a bunch of different planets is not immediately striking me as exciting unless like that's the hook if it's like if there's something cool about going from planet to planet kind of like what justin just described i'm excited about that but it has, has to be that it has to change from that Bethesda game of like exploring the continent of Skyrim, which is like so fun and cool and self-contained. It just has to be something different, you know, and I don't know what it's going to feel like. Well, remember those mountains in the background, Sam, they're not just for show. Go ahead, Damon. Okay, so we did learn a little bit about the story. You're like you're supposed to be looking for these artifacts, these like ancient alien artifacts that uh, this woman that you talked to in the trailer. She like you know gives you your missions, sends you out to find these artifacts. Says it's going to change what we know about humankind forever. I'm calling it now. When you come home with your last artifact, she's going to reveal herself to be evil. She'll be like, "Oh, thank you so much. These artifacts are going to change the future of humankind. It's just too bad. You won't be in it. She peels her face back and it's a lizard person calling it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, it's not, it's not ominous at all that the main city is called new Atlantis. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Starfield again, looks cool. And since um, they were showing games that are supposed to be out within a year, I guess within a year we'll be playing Starfield. So within the yeah. First half that's what they said. Said spring I mean, twenty twenty three. That's good to know. Speaking of games, I guess we'll be playing of within a year. There's Redfall, a game we also got a gameplay demo of. A game that I think looks fun to me, like something I'd want to play. Very dishonored with maybe a little bit less focus on stealth. Um, how did we feel about this one, Sam? Well, I like how they repeatedly emphasize this is going to be fun for single player. Well, trust us. Yeah, you know, I, I like that. 
because I know they can make a great single player game. And then they also commented on, I know this looks a little shootier than our other games, but it'll be creative <laughs> shooting. And I, I think that's fine too. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not going to play this with other people. I'm going to play it by myself. So like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in that. You know, Sam, you mentioned that our Ryan's interview with um, Todd Howard has lots more information, information about Starfield. Yeah, Miranda's nice. interview with Harvey mm-hmm. Smith from Arcane also has lots more information about Redfall. So I encourage yeah. people to watch that. But they, they clarified so many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play through the whole game in single player, and it, what you pick one of those four characters, and then you're just you're locked in that one character through your playthrough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they were saying like, if you want to add other people, it just becomes more like a party game. <laughs> they like he actually yeah. likened it to a yeah. party game. I mean, I love I love that. Like I, you know, Arcane Austin is one of the most talented developers of first person games um, ever in the history. Like not explicitly first person shooters, but like whatever you want to call it, like Dishonored, Prey. Before that, this team or you know the elements of the studio did Dark Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. Like they know what they're doing and they know what they're making. But those games, um, I'm not taking anything away from Dishonored, which is one of the absolute best games from last gen or two gens ago whenever it came out but um but uh but those games are very serious right and so i'm happy to have them opportunity to take that gameplay and like mission design expertise and world expertise but like have a little bit more fun with it like this game seems like they had more fun making it and um not that those other games weren't fun to play but this seems more lighthearted and less sort of self-serious which um which really appeals to me i I'm a big State of Decay 2 fan, and it's it's funny. All the coverage I've been seeing about this game, it's like they're describing State of Decay 2, but I, I haven't seen them compare it. You just see Left 4 Dead uh, in the sense that it's like everybody, you're single player, you're in your own world, but then someone can join your world, and they're not doing their missions. They're helping you with yours, and that's exactly how State of Decay 2 is. That's super exciting because I – we – my entire friend group got into state of decay too. And we would all just kind of like play our own worlds. And then I'm like, Hey guys, I want to start a new base, but I need help moving my cars uh, because that's just how that game worked. And so people would join my game and we would just convoy to my new base. So I didn't have to go back and forth over and over. And like, that's kind of how I picture me playing this game is just like, everyone kind of just playing on their own and doing their, and it's like, yo, I need help with this. There's like hives and stuff like that, just like from state of decay. And I can picture people just jumping in and being like, all right, let's do this. All right. I'm going back to my own world because I got, I got chores to do. So I I'm very excited for this game. Yeah. Hey, you know, what would be great is if this game was set in Santa Cruz in the 1980s. Yeah. Agreed. Just make a lost boys game. Yeah. You can't invite them in. That's all. (laughs) And the game just ends. Can I come in? Nope. (laughs) Control. <laughs> yeah, they sure. never did make a Lost Boys game. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't need the full Lost Boys game. I just think that's a great vampire setting now that the Lost Boys is established. Santa Cruz I is am- having too many damn vampires. Yeah. I think I think Redfall is also confirmed to not be in 2022, which is a bummer. Oh yeah, it is yeah, confirmed. That got it's delayed. Got delayed. Wish it was wish it was coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. it's next fall, not Redfall. <laughs> next spring redfall in the spring red spring mm-hmm. I, I think redfall is february and i think starfield is march or yeah. april yeah like but you, you have no idea because you're not putting out these games 
I literally have no idea. That's those are those. That's what we call a prediction. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I get the vibe. Like just just strictly off vibes alone, Redfall feel, feels like a Q1 game, and Starfield feels like a Q2 game. I mean, Starfield also, feels like a Q4 game. I mean, uh, so like I was gonna, I was just about to say, look, <laughs> now they're looking at all this Starfield feedback, and it would not surprise me. And nothing is they're gonna be like we have like, eighty seven planets. Them. Yeah, they're gonna be like, you know what? Starfield's 11 11 23. <laughs> Call yeah, it I, now. Is this oh, like yeah. on a Sunday? <laughs> yeah, so, so it's still, a, damn it, right? It's a, still, nobody owns 11 11 22, right? No one has claimed 11 11 22. It's gotta be God of War Ragnarok. It'd be the most baller thing Shuhei make it happen. I just I, can we, I can't believe like Devolver hasn't like stepped in with some sort of weirdo game. Right? Like, oh, yeah, can we take it for something? Why don't? Why doesn't Gamescoop just claim it for something? Okay, it's our day now. Let's do Halloween. So eleven, eleven. We'll just put whatever episode that will be seven hundred and five. Yep. yep. We're planting our flag right there, right now. True, true fans important. will know why why that's an important Sh- number. Shuhei is shaking right now. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's also a Capcom presentation this week after participating in the Sony State of Play and in Summer Game Fest. They had their own show and they had lots of. Resident Evil news. So current gen versions of uh, RE7 and then the 2 and 3 remakes are out now. That's very exciting. But then they also have a bunch of new stuff coming for Resident Evil Village DLC. And also Capcom just did not give a crap about spoilers. They're just like, whatever. (laughs) We're assuming everyone. All the Resident Evils. Well, for for the end of Village. (laughs) And some of the, I think 2 and 3, they showed some late game stuff too. Well, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, definitely for Village. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. So a village, you've got the I forget the name, Rose, something of Rose. Rose. Uh, yeah. I forget what or, it's called. You know, anyway, we're gonna be playing as Aria of Rose. So, Sonata of Rose. Yeah. <laughs> That's correct. Um, and so that looks cool. I'll play that. But what's all what's super interesting to me is there's also gonna be a third person camera update for Resident yeah. Evil Village, which was That's a hilarious. first person game. And I'm re- I'm really feeling perspective whiplash with Resident <laughs> Evil. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just also really funny because at the end of Village, it's always been like, what does Ethan Winters look like? Yeah. And and you didn't know in seven and you didn't know in Village until the very end. And now they're just like, you know what? That reveal is going to be it's going to mean a lot less. <laughs> you know, like the, the whole thing with that sec, that eight is that you have, you have like massive hand damage constantly throughout yeah. it. And it's yeah. like a first person thing. You like hold up your hand like, yeah. ow, and then you wrap tape around it and it's fine. Um, yep. that is a that is going to be really weird in third person. It's going to look so yeah. weird with your character just going oh, the whole time. Oh, no. He gets it. He gets it completely removed, and he just plops it back. It's just yeah. it's that so, game. I love that game. Well, we so know much. why now. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just so weird. They to didn't me. spoil that, so we won't. <laughs> Resident Evil. Resident Evil was a third person series for so long. It went first person with yeah. seven, and it worked. So it's like, okay, we're in this new era uh, going forward. We're going to be in first person, but we can, even when we remake the older ones, two and three, they're still third person. And I just like, why? Who's like, it, it, the game's already out. It's successful. Why, why make a third person version now? I just, it just, it's like, so, I, I'm telling you, Final Fantasy, not Final Fantasy. I got Final Fantasy on the brain. Resident Evil 7 and Layers of Fear, the, the Bluebird team game, are both, they, I feel like they were both just chasing the PT trend. 
because both of those games came out after PT and they're both just like the same. <laughs> first person walking down haunted hallways. Something also funny to mention is, is we did the caveat that Final Fantasy is about to reveal stuff at three o'clock. And, and so this episode won't react to that. Same with Dragon's Dogma. There's a Dragon's Dogma drop of some sort at three. That at the same time. This. It's at the so same time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do we I want to I want a second person Resident Evil where you play as the perspective of the big lady. Yeah. I mean, you can play the you big can lady in mercenaries though. There you go. Yeah. Um it's yeah, just whatever. The perspective of a zombie, you just have to sit in a closet for like 8 waiting. hours. Someone's just telling you about the game. Yeah, yeah you play the Sam. surveillance system in the mansion. Sam, you're a big Resident Evil fan, big Village fan, you beat it. I know you you dabbled in the new game plus stuff. Do you want yeah. to play it again in third person? No, but I'll play that Rose chapter, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. I like that. Mm-hmm. I really like that Maiden prequel that they had. Um, I think the idea is to have every Resident Evil game in third person with modern graphics at some point. So you have that perfect bookshelf of one through eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're all playable okay. and feel the same. And like you could just go through the whole story that way. That'd be really cool. I mean, they'd still have what to do our, a third person mode for seven. I mean, it's what basically UK a remake, editors. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, one of our UK editors said he's going to mod Resident Evil Village to make him, you know, uh, Leon Kennedy, and just play Resident Evil Four Remake early. This is perfect. Ooh, I, like, mean, I don't think that's how that works. Playing but, through that game, right. like I love, I love. There's like in Resident Evil Four, there's Assignment Ada. I think is the, what it's called, where it's just like mm-hmm. you play with Ada, and she has different weapons, and she's cool. And there's like a storyline, like, mm-hmm. and then in the other games, you can play through again as a different character right there's a different character playthrough i love that about resident evil so it would have been nice if like the third person came with you know you can also play through as leon kennedy or something that'd be a blast but the second playthroughs of that if those carry over and you can switch it to third person like those those in themselves are like arcadey like craziness like they're really fun like i played you know one and a half times through that game the second playthrough is great get infinite ammo yeah there's no if you're not someone like deeply embedded in video game culture there's no explaining to someone why you can play those games as a piece of tofu mm-hmm. you just can't mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense yeah remember when we had that in the office and we were all doing the tofu yeah. runs that was fun that was yeah. a, that's a that was, great run was that yeah. you mark oh well i was, was I, did I think it was damon playing i was just watching Sam well we had it on the big tv and we just tried it a whole lot and yeah then, I, I think you have to you have to beat it though to like get the whatever unlock something and just zombies are eating chunks of tofu and tofu has a Great. voice yeah <laughs> but i love that well i forget what that mode was called but it, it, you you could memorize it you know you could you knew mm-hmm. what was coming next and so you could get good at it and i played that for a few nights i really liked it very challenging oh. uh speaking of resident evil we have an email from marvin castro <clears throat> excuse me marvin castro in irvine california says, I hope this message finds you well. I am beyond joyful right now because of the recent announcements made this week relating to my favorite franchise of all time, Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2 on PlayStation 1 is the reason I play video games to this day, and I cannot wait to play all the new games coming in less than a year's time. Starting with RE7, we've had RE2 and 3 remade. RE8 with DLC on the way and RE4 remake early next year. These games are being released on a yearly schedule and nobody is complaining. You add to that DLC and VR content, and you have a recipe for even more games down the line. Everybody wants a Code Veronica remake, but what if you also remade RE6 and the Revelations games? What if you did the original Resident Evil 2 and 3 in VR? Imagine Lisa, Mr. X, and Nemesis in VR. So many options. With that being said, I have two questions. 
Is it safe to call this time the golden era for Resident Evil games? Also, is the golden era, uh, golden era of Resident Evil games the greatest out of any game franchise in history if you count for a number of entries and content in such a short period of time? Yeah, yeah, I think he makes a great point. What it reminds me of is uh, Sega's really thoughtful and, and sort of uh, uh, gardening of the Yakuza franchise. And hmm. they were really smart and strategic about remaking okay. one and two so that people could get the whole storyline, um, you know, uh, through and through if they wanted to play through them all from the beginning and, you know, porting over the older games onto new platforms. And if that sounds familiar, if that sounds like Resident Evil, like, yeah, I don't think that that's a coincidence or, you know, I mean, maybe it is a coincidence, but that's two examples of Capcom's clearly making sure that there's on-ramps for people that are new to Resident Evil, that like Resident Evil 8 doesn't have like crazy deep incomprehensible lore where like nothing makes any sense, but there's still nods and references there for the old, you know, for the classic fans. And, um, and I think they're being smart and strategic about which games they remake when to sort of keep those older storylines and that older gameplay fresh. Um, I think, I think that's two examples of a really, really well done um, sort of, maintenance of a of a long-running franchise mm -hmm. and then yeah, yeah like i i absolutely think we're in a resident evil renaissance that um is you know is in full swing right now yeah, yeah. With, I, I, go ahead mark I, I was gonna say the only thing that's a that's a little strange is so we're getting a four remake it's it's true uh code i think code veronica was in in more of a need of a remake than four but that's fine like people really love four i really love code veronica but i, I also think that what's kind of strange is like are they okay so let's say we get code veronica next then are we getting five and six which are like mm. play somewhat modern and are not beloved games but i also kind of find it a little strange that resident evil one didn't get like that modern modern take that was a remake that existed on the gamecube yeah they're saving that a, for some anniversary right <laughs> yeah like you can tell what, they're, they're really saving that one up they're yeah. definitely so no I, it, it, i'm gonna they're not gonna remake five and six and they're just gonna go back and start doing one again yeah because one is great and one remake is great but it's yep. not two and three remake it's still yep, like yeah, top yeah. down. Kinda, it's, it's you know. still pre-rendered backgrounds all that mm. It's such yeah, yeah. a guaranteed hit for them to do that. It's just like, it's unbelievable. So is four, but like two and three yeah. were less. So like one, like that remake in that style will be like the biggest game. People are going to flip out. Um, uh, to the, the writer's point, I really uh, think that this is also similar to uh, the Castlevania early 2000s era in which we could rely mm. on an annualized 2D Castlevania on a portable system. And they were all awesome. And when those stopped, we lost something in games. And I'm so bummed to this day. Yeah. The there was a, I was just going to say, there was a, 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 at the future game show, I think there's a game I, I did, I'm not prepared. I don't know what it's called, but it looks like a Castlevania. It's got old pixelated graphics and the music sounds kind of like Castlevania. I, I don't have it on me, but it looks really good. <laughs> this episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. 
Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, there's another email that's along the same topic from Sincerely Cody in St. Louis. Say, over the last year, I tried my hand at a number of notable JRPGs since I've never gotten into that many. While JRPGs probably won't be something I play a ton going forward, I'm glad I tried them. This year, my goal is to do the same with horror games. What are some of the must-play horror games the Omega Cops recommend? Uh, I've got a PC, PlayStation 5, and an Xbox with Game Pass. Well, very good news. Sincerely Cody from St. Louis. The current-gen versions of 7 and then the 2 and 3 remakes are available now and should play all three of those. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Layers of Fear is also pretty darn good. It's really spooky. Uh, that's not coming out till next year, the like current-gen versions, but uh, could be something to look out for. There's definitely, like, I don't play spooky games, but uh, they kind of come in these two different buckets. There's games like Resident Evil where, yeah, they can totally be scary and very tense, but it's more like, like whoa, whoa, there's a giant spider, like, watch out. And then there's games like Amnesia that are, like, actually literally trying to, like, terrify you. Like, they're, like, they're basically, like, just terrorizing you for as long as you're playing them. And, like, they kind of come in these two different flavors. And, um, you know, then you have games like, Evil Within or whatever that can, that carry on the Resident Evil legacy and and um you know not that horror games need to be one or the other but like you kind of need to clarify which which flavor of horror do you want? Yeah, slow or fast in some instances yeah. too. Like I really like action horror games and uh, obviously you know wait on playing Dead Space now, but anybody would recommend that I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a uh, you know a, a, a class of like indie horror games which you know I, I can't come up with them on the fly easily but the two 2d ones including uh inside and limbo are you know i would classify those easily as horror games and they're like really artsy fun adventure horror games mm-hmm. i i would i would super back up inside yeah that game is terrifying limbo as well but inside is like insanely tense man i love that game <laughs> yeah Sam, like, from, or go ahead justin um no it's just like i'm trying to think about like you know, like the forest is, you know, a pretty good PC horror game. That's probably worth checking out. Um, 
You know, I don't think like, yes, dying light is absolutely a horror game. Like, I don't know what other genre I would put it in, but like, I don't, I don't like, again, I just like that game, that game doesn't really seem like it's trying to scare you. So it's like these games just kind of come in these different flavors. I think resident evil Two remake is the best contemporary horror game. It is like, I, I, it's so amazing. And it's scary as heck. And it's, it's scary for all the right reasons. Like you can get through that game with, just enough ammo and that's the scariest part about it it's like you're like is it can the game designers really just give me one case of handgun ammo for the next 20 minutes and like <laughs> you somehow make it work it's yeah. amazing <laughs> you just run a lot okay this week finally all new playstation plus launched here in the u.s and it, it's kind of a quiet launch it just seems like it was like here and not a lot of people were talking about it i've checked it out a little bit anyone else I have. Yep. Mark has checked it out. No, I meant to, but I didn't. Please tell me. Yep, yep. not yet. Um, I think, well, so, you know, we know the, the game library. There are some really, really great games in there. But I think the interface is a bit of a mess. I don't know, Mark, what do you think? I, I would agree with that, yeah. It's a lot of the buttons on the interface take you back to just other screens that you wouldn't expect it to take you to like you'll go into like you know new games or whatever like current games and it'll be like see the full game list and technically that button's actually bringing you back to like the home screen where in in my opinion i thought it meant like see the full list of the of the menu that i selected so it's it's kind of all over the place um and then i i'm i think the list of current games is really good i'm trying to look through it at a lens as, as like someone who is like not played these games doesn't like already have all these games but it's like there's like red dead 2 and and spider-man and uh miles morales and returnal and like mm-hmm. assassin's creed like there's a lot of really really good stuff on there um so yeah like that's cool and then i checked out the ps1 games and mm-hmm. they are the ntsc version so that's good i played tekken 2 i was like this is Ooh. tekken 2 this is cool all right <laughs> Does it got tekken played- 3 on there it doesn't have Tekken 3. Oh, where's I need my uh, which, is, gone. which is very strange. <laughs> uh, but I thought it played well, and I jumped into Siphon Filter. And, oh, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> I, I, when I tell you, I played that game for 20 seconds. <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. we, Why we definitely- is R2 and L2 to strafe and like <laughs> square is to shoot? <laughs> I've never bounced faster from a game. <laughs> tell you, man. There's definitely like the late nineties were formative. Like the, that's probably the era of video games that like made me the human I am today and why I do the yeah. job that I do. But like it was early 3d and like nobody really knew what they were doing yet. And like you said, Mark controls had not been standardized yet. You can pick up a controller. Any button could do anything. There were yep. no rules. <laughs> and like, it, yeah, it's, I pushed it, R2 it's, to shoot. My guy just started running to the right. <laughs> Yeah, gold well, knife. Like, it's a trip. That, that Miyamoto had it figured out. Nobody else did. Got that yeah. Z targeting. Agreed, I mean, man. How is Mario sixty four so good still? I know. <laughs> try, try. I mean, Tomb Raider is really funny to play now. Obviously, yeah. Resident Evil is funny to play. But like that was yeah. my first. I remember my first experience of that was just playing Metal Gear, like close to at the time, and being like, "This game's controls are BS." <laughs> like I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I am sure. I wouldn't recommend the premium tier at this time. <clears throat> I don't think yeah. the classic games are worth it right now. Um, and then you get the game trials and stuff, but I don't, I don't. 
I think. Oh yeah, the game trials were on there. I didn't try them because I'm yeah. like, okay, it's just a game for two hours. But like, yeah. there's a good list on there. I mean, yeah, there are good games to try for sure. But anyway, back to the like interface. There's the game catalog. You can just look at the game catalog. But it's not any. The game catalog is just the the more recent games. It's not the classic games. And it's just presented as just a big wall of games in a kind of random order. Yep. You can really? sort them by by name or release date, but like that's kind of it. It's just like yeah. dozens and dozens of games in a big list. Cool. So then you can go to look at classic games, and that's PSP, PS1, and PS2. And again, mm-hmm. it's just a list of games. And then there's a third category called the Classics Catalog, and that took me to this, the PlayStation 3 games. And those are all just streaming, and I'm not interested just in streaming. streaming. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also a just game streaming yeah as well and you can play some more modern games like i tried miles morales streaming that's like the the overlap with playstation now yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and did you in the psp there's some 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 really good games like loco roco and patapon right yeah 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 for sure that's cool those those are those are games that are not going to be screwed up like they have great control schemes like psp and and vita if if they ever do that are they doing vita i don't even know those are those are great to play not as right now Uh, also a, a a smaller list than i thought though like there's there is some good stuff, but yeah, like when I clicked that like classic one, I was like, oh, I'm I'm at the end. I'm here. There's definitely like I, I don't want to be reductive and like, you know, both of these collections on PlayStation and Xbox Game Pass have some of the greatest video games ever made. Some of the greatest sure. interactive art that teams of people worked years on. But there's sure. I, like I really want to see like and again, I don't want to reduce it to like, well, this one has 100 games and this one has 110 games and this one has this many that IGN gave a 10 and this one has that many that gave IGN a 10. But like, it's hard, like when it's just a mess of games on both platforms and I own both platforms, like as a gamer, it's a little bit hard to like suss out like, well, OK, like which one of these should I be subscribed to? Do I need them both? Like, do I not need them mm-hmm. both? Like it's 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 increasingly getting like I have that same confusion with like streaming services of like I want to watch I want to watch Top Gun is it streaming somewhere I I don't know and it's impossible to tell and like yeah. video games are getting that way too which is a little bit of a bummer um, yeah. I don't know <laughs> maybe IGN needs a product to help with this we do have the playlists well so when I go into we have good playlists for all these by the way and we, we yeah. have, uh, we've been we, there, if you see we have we sometimes have on the homepage them all side by side and that's a really good way to like compare them all better than uh, I think any other way, actually. Uh, I'm very pro that playlist view. But um, I was going to say, uh, Xbox, it's funny when I when you were describing that kind of like big, you know, mess of games. Uh, uh, that is how I have been perusing Game Pass games frequently as I just look at them all and they're like alphabetized or whatever. And then yep. I go through and like kind of install what I want. It's just like, oh, I'll install these six right now, um, yep. which is fine. But boy, as that grows, it is going to be an issue because right now it feels like, it feels perfectly like a wall at GameStop, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like a GameCube wall where it's like, you don't have to walk down the aisle. It's just, these are the games, you know? This right. is what you got. And you can look at the box art and scroll through and your your brain processes it really well. <laughs> I like that. But it's, it's you can tell with Game Pass, just with with recent announcements, like it's going to get weird. And like Netflix is, is only capable of basically showing you things, things you want to watch, new things, and having you search. Like it's really... I don't really use it to peruse stacks, Mm-mm. you know? Yeah. Because it's just no. too overwhelming and they haven't figured that out. It's not like a rental store, right? I definitely, like, something I've been wondering is that, uh, the I still don't know if we've ever had this confirmed, but either the rumor, or maybe I did read this, that part of how Game Pass developers get compensated is the number of people that, like, download and play the game. Like, the number of sessions, gameplay sessions that that game generates. 
And then I also browse Game Pass alphabetically and just pick like, okay, I'll try this and this and this. And it's like, do games that start with the letter A make more yeah. money on yeah. Game Pass? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I 100% downloaded Astroneer for that reason. Like, <laughs> it, it's like... like it's like when pool companies, like every pool yeah. company in my town yeah. is like triple A pool because they want it yeah. to be at the front of the phone book. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I think I downloaded Bug Fables for that same reason. And both those games rule, by the way. But yeah. like, it's, it's unfair to hear so games RD, starting with a Z. RDD Aardvark will come out on 11, <laughs> 11, 22. So something else that kind of weirdly adds to the confusion is on the new PlayStation Plus uh, thing, there is games like Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy X. Those aren't in the PS1, PS2 classic section right. because those games technically they have, have PS4 versions. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. not like remakes, but they were ported Masters, over, so you could already play those. Yeah. So those are in the modern section. So then you're like, oh, man, I would have loved to play Final Fantasy nine. And that's not in the PS1 section. Yeah. That's because that's technically a PS4 game. And they could also, make a view of like, look at games from your favorite era. And then it'll be easy mm -hmm. to kind of understand all of that. But it is funny. Yeah. now. Damon, did you install any PS1 games like the classics? Exactly one. Mr. Driller. <laughs> Do you know what it meant when it said so both of the games I installed Siphon Filter and Tekken 2 it says I can install the PS5 or the PS4 version and mm. I did not know what that meant. I don't know if they gave me that option with Mr. Driller. <laughs> That's the one exception of course. No. But yeah it was like I clicked Tekken 2 and it was like the PS5 or the PS4 version. I'm like what? The PS1 game? <laughs> I don't know. I guess the PS5 version. Also and, and this is just nitpicky I'm not a big fan of the fact that now my cross media bar is filled with Spider-Man streaming Tekken 2, just like a bunch of things that I'm just like, I wanted to try it. And like, that's my cross media bar now is filled yeah. with garbage that I don't care about. You got to sort it out. Being a UI or UX designer in 2022 just feels impossible. <laughs> like, yeah, really important job. Uh, and speaking of Netflix, Sam, I th they've taken a page out of Netflix's book where they've been, they're experimenting with different key art for titles. So like, I, just, I, I noticed that Days Gone. Uh, so you, like, did like, you see it like, switch while you're, while you're looking around? Not while I'm looking around, but just the key art for Days Gone is like something new that I've never seen before. It's not the oh, original okay. box art. Mm. I got you. Yeah, it's like they yeah. make new box art for Netflix. Yes, exactly. They don't use There's like always... the airplane VHS cover. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, it's like There's something yeah. else. <clears throat> anyway, there's potential there. Lots of great games in the all new PS Plus uh, subscription. Just they need to sort out the interface a little bit, I think. Real quick, let's share what we've been playing. Who would like to begin? Sam, have you been playing anything new recently? I have. I have a recommendation from uh, Tina, actually. Uh, mm. She's been playing a game called Citizen Sleeper, and she told me about it yesterday, and I played it uh, for a very long time last night because it, it kind of drew me in. Um, and she beat it last night, so I always one step ahead. Um, but really cool. She described it as like kind of a relaxing and then like a um, um, resource management game and I was like I really like that right now I like enjoy playing that alongside the big AAAs that's why I've been playing this other game I've been talking about for weeks right Spirit Fair so um, this game though is a uh, kind of a cyberpunk set on a spaceship game it, 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 it has a lot of reading it's, a, it's, it's kind of a text adventure throwback in a lot of ways you read a lot and make a lot of choices but mainly it's about putting resources into different parts of the ship and, uh, and a story an emergent story happens and characters show up and it has a really good sense of design but very simple like you could play this on your phone but I'm playing it on Game Pass it's just a Game Pass game so um, 
I really like it. The, the plot is very similar to a book series I just finished um, called Murderbot Chronicles, which is a kind of an ironic title. But it's, it's about like kind of augmented human uh, type stuff. Um, and and it, it's so similar that I think it might have had that as an influence, or at least other sci-fi has influenced it that influenced Murderbot also. Very, very well written so far. And I don't know how to describe it. It's like each day you wake up and you have, you know, a certain amount of time and resources to put into different things and that ex- that you know extends different storylines but really it's like a view top down view of a very long spaceship like a like the joke spaceship in spaceballs yeah. and like you have like a top down of that and you have another view of kind of interior but like you're basically using that as like a a game board like this could easily be a pen and paper game which is really cool this and is then, this is citizen sleeper yeah, and you can tell like uh, well, I haven't even seen some of these parts yet of of the space. It's a massive sp- ship, and it's like moving through space. So that's kind of cool too. Like, where is it going? What is it doing? And you're like a robot, uh, augmented human, half robot, or something like that. That like you know, it's like it's like a Blade Runner thing. You're like a stowaway there. There's people after you too. They don't want you to be there, and you just have to live between the margins. And uh, it's just great. I love it so far. Highly recommend it. And I think. Where are you playing it? It's Game where are you Pass. playing it? It's on Game Pass. Yeah. Cool. Citizen Sleeper. Mark, yeah. what you playing? So it's weird. So I'm playing three games right now. Final Fantasy 13, Grand Theft Auto 5, <laughs> wow. and uh, the first Borderlands game. Because Borderlands what's... Borderlands 1. Borderlands 1. Because what's less important about what I'm playing is what I'm playing it on. Just got this guy. Nice. Steam Deck. Uh, uh, Very exciting. Very exciting so cool. times. It looks great. Yeah, no, I love it. It's huge, but it's super fun. I'm flying out of state next uh, week um, where there's a couple of layovers. So I'm very excited to be able to use it. I was also just in L.A. for a week. So being able to just like take this thing and like it's awesome. I love it so much. Uh, You said said GTA five and did you say Final Fantasy (laughs) 13. Yeah, I love that game. Okay. yeah. And it works really good on Steam Deck. Uh, I also need everyone to know I am watching Better Call Saul. I started watching that while I was in L.A. I just started season two. Oh, it's my very good. A very good show. It yeah, is. Yeah, I, very, had never, I had never. It's an emotional it. roller coaster you're about to get on, my friend. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Wait, have you yeah, watched Breaking a, Bad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch Breaking Bad. But like Better Call Saul, I, I, I watched like the first or second episode and I was like, I don't think I want to keep up with this. I'm going to wait till six years in the future and just watch it all. And so that's that's what I'm doing now. I I, I started in L.A. And yeah, season two, he's in a pool right now going through uh, his midlife clarity. But it's a very good show. I like it a lot. Yeah, it is very good. And it's it's still good. You know, they're about to wrap up the final season, Mark, and it's still good. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. There's just something about like Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, the way they're shot. They're just so real. I don't know how to describe it. I, I like it a lot. It's mm-hmm. very good. Plus, it's a prequel. So you technically are supposed to know everything that happens, but you don't, right? Because it introduces a bunch of new characters, which is what Obi-Wan yeah. is yeah. trying to do. Uh, I'm also watching Obi-Wan, but I haven't watched the most recent episode. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the most recent one either. Really? Man, you guys yep. got to catch up Twitter? so I can talk about oh, it. Oh, Twitter told me the thing. but Okay. You know. All right. <laughs> there's some there's some more questionable force use in this show every episode i'm like what is happening oh, there's great. a there's good force use in this one at least though oh cool uh justin are you playing diablo immortal 
Yeah, playing a lot of Diablo Immortal. Beat the game, reach the wow, level yeah. cap, although although it's not really the level cap. So here's the deal. The game has 60 levels in it. It's a role-playing game. But then when I reach level 60, it's like, oh, now you've unlocked Paragon levels. Paragon. But they're exactly the same as regular levels, and they even have their own like skill trees of, like, I'm unlocking new skills and traits for my character. And there's 600 Paragon levels and oh, yeah. I also, I beat the final boss, but then after I reached the level cap, there's new shit. So it's like, there's new side quests and new stuff. And I'm like, this, like, it doesn't, <laughs> the game just doesn't end. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, it's definitely one of those games that it wants you to play for life. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've seen both headlines. One, Diablo Immortal is incredibly immoral and um, horrible and loot boxing. And I can't believe what they've done to Diablo. And I've also seen, I think it was Kotaku's headline was like, Diablo Immortal is way better than it has any right to be or should be or, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, both both those takes are kind of right. Um, I've played a lot of AAA games and a lot of Diablo 3, and I've played a lot of mobile games. And um, I think it depends on which perspective you're coming at it from. Like, there are mobile games that when you open the game, the first thing you see is just an ad. It runs a 30 second ad when you, when you boot up the game, like that's, that's reality of like how bad mobile games can be sometimes. And so from that perspective, Diablo immortal is a big AAA game, great voice acting, great production values, very easy to play for free, seamless multiplayer. Like it's one of the greatest, most feature rich mobile games ever made. Um, but the other perspective is like, it pesters you to spend money all the time. And it's got like shitty loot box stuff in it. Like it has all that stuff that people hate in AAA games. Um, so, you know, I'm not surprised to see, I guess it's not accurate to call the uh, uh, impressions divisive. It's just coming from these two different points of view, kind of whether you're amazed that this game exists on your phone or whether just horrified that this is what Diablo has become. Um, it, from my perspective, I bought the battle pass, which was five bucks. And, um, and you know, so I paid $5 on Diablo Immortal and then had a less good time than I had with Diablo three that cost 60 bucks. So, you know, make of that what you will. For me, it's like a worse Diablo three, but it's on my phone and it's easy to have fun with for five minutes or for two hours. Um, you know, so I don't know, like for now it's become like, this is what I do at night is play Diablo Immortal. Now, like it's definitely taken over whatever like Justin's leisure time used to be. So, um, so it's good enough for that. At least it's not just relegated to something that you play for, you know, three minutes at the bus stop for sure. What did you think of Diablo four? I think it looks awesome. Um, I didn't hate the art style of Diablo three, but you know, I am ready for this sort of franchise to return back to it's like horrifying, horrible. Like we're descending down through the depth. <laughs> hell one and two were all about that um it seems everything seems a little bit heavier and um and just more brutal than it was in three that was a little bit more of like an amusement park ride um uh so yeah i'm really really excited for diablo 4 and and necromancer is my uh, class of choice so i was excited to see that reveal yeah, yeah. i think that game looks really cool we'll play yeah. uh recently i've been playing two games from earlier this year that i've been <clears throat> catching up on tiny tina's wonderlands Mark, did you play that one? Yeah, I saw you playing it the other day, and I was like, oh, he's playing catch-up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, uh, I, I love like that it. game. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. It's, you know, everyone knows what to expect from Borderlands at this point. This one's not an open-world game. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, like, a game board that you walk around on, and then you go into these instances of kind of, like, large mm -hmm. combat areas, and it plays cool. like Borderlands. But it's totally but fun. once it's, you're in there, it's Borderlands. Yeah. 
Yep. It's it's fun. It's well written. I think the game's kind of ugly. I don't know if you agree with me <laughs> on that, Mark. It's like, of course, by Borderlands is stylized, but the whole thing is just kind of ugly. I think. And we yeah. played some really pretty games recently, so this one's yeah. kind of like, eh. But mm-hmm. It's not stopping me from it. having fun. Also, I just I cannot understand how the same person who plays Tiny Tina also plays Aloy. I mean, I know right. there's <laughs> acting, but like, yeah. like Tiny Tina has like so much personality and Aloy has zero yeah. personality. It's just like, <laughs> how is this? It's not well, a knock it's on like, the voice actors. It's just, I think it's the writing. It's like Andy Samberg <laughs> sounds like Andy Samberg and Will yeah. Arnett sounds like Will Arnett. Yeah. And then you have Ashley Birch and she sounds nothing like herself. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Really and then the other one I've been playing is Sifu. Mm. Wow, what do you think? I like it a lot. It's a very damey game. You feel like you're playing a kung fu movie. And it's, it's hard, hard to though, play right? this one. Well, it's, yeah, it's difficult. I did. Well, you, you, are you playing? So that's what I was going to ask. Is are you playing on a on one of the easier modes now? That's is one of those rare the, games that the, they they went back and they patched in easier modes now. I'm just playing on the normal mode. Okay. And I beat the first boss on my second try. Although there was a glitch where I had to start. So like in the first boss, you. you there's a second phase that you go into. And when I launched in the second phase, the boss was just standing there and wouldn't move. And at first I was excited. So I thought I was going to get to do some Elden Ring cheese on this guy, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't reach him where he was. So I had to exit out to the menu and come back into it. And then I could fight him. So I was able to beat him on the second try. Yeah. It's like, it's got a sort of a, a an interesting and intricate combat system that you really have to learn and, and you have to learn how to parry. But I like, it's got such a cool vibe. Like I said, you feel like you're playing a martial arts movie. It's a revenge tale. But the the one thing that's kind of strange is this this like aging up mechanic. It doesn't it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense? Certainly not narratively. It's like the way it works is you every time you start out the game, you're you're 20 years old and you're setting out to get revenge on these people that killed your parents. Mm-hmm. And every time you die, you it adds a year to your life. But the second time you die, it adds two years. The third time you die, it adds three years and so on. So it's like stacking and you're like, uh, you're becoming, you know, much, much older and older the more you die to the point where when I beat that first boss, I was 77 years old. And, yeah. and it, it reflects that in your appearance. But it doesn't like, it doesn't have any like purpose narratively. In fact, when I beat the boss, there's like a little cutscene and I'm playing as the female version. And she said, I've been waiting eight years for this. Like, <laughs> nope, you're 77 years old now. It's like, mechanically, it just means that I, I think, uh, as far as I can tell, when you get into your 80s, that's when the game's like, no, you're done. You're, you're dead. You got to start over. So, so you have yeah. Do the other lives. characters get older? Do you just have old fights at the end? No, it's just yeah. you. No, it's just you. Well, <laughs> because, so the only thing I'll say is narratively, like, she still has only been waiting eight years. She aged a year. A year didn't go by. If that makes sense, well, but like you use those like beads or whatever to come back to life, yeah. and it ages you a year, but that that doesn't mean a year progressed. Like so she, she still did only wait passing. eight years. Uh, but I mean, yeah, okay, it's this like, whole thing where you're like, <laughs> I'm getting to a point where I'm too old, and yeah, it's like you kind of have to. Still restart doesn't the make game. a sense because you're. It's not like your skills, <laughs> uh, you know, lessen as you get. No. You're, you're still when you're 77. You, the player, can still be as good as you were when you were 20. Well, so if I you're playing as the as the male one, you get like a long beard and all this yeah. stuff. It's awesome. But yeah, you're not like yeah, slower I, or more frail or anything. I don't know. It's it's the <laughs> mechanically, it just means you have eighty lives, and then right. but then 
they wanted to make it because um, they knew you weren't going to be able to beat the game with three lives. So they give you 80 lives, but then it stacks up the more you die. And there's actually a mm-hmm. way to lessen that. Every time you get a takedown, it can like take off one life less. In you. Just like in real life. It just doesn't. <laughs> I, it just seems like it was, it's something that like an idea they had in development that was That's a little wacky. bit too, too. Um, uh, it's like a novelty. It like doesn't actually make any sense in the game. Anyway, I'm enjoying the game. <laughs> Sifu. Yeah. It's fun. And that brings us to video it. game. Twenty questions. What's that, Justin? I just do. We have time. It's like I think Square's starting. <laughs> no, and they're no, not until three. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So we have an hour for twenty questions. Oh, okay. My call time was fifteen minutes ago, but management is aware, so we're yeah. good. <laughs> Our suggestion Got this it. week comes from Sam in Oxfordshire, UK. I do. Let's... I do need to do a speed round. Okay. Let the question. Sorry. In so, uh, did this game come out in the nineties? No. Did this game come out after 2000, January 1st, 2010? No. Is it in between what? those two? Yes. <laughs> no way. You just... Okay. Right. Was this game exclusive uh, to a platform when it released? No. Was this game made in Japan? No. That's five. Ugh. Does this yeah. game star a human? Yes. Was this game made in the United States? No. Okay. Okay. So it's either Canadian or European. Is this or, a, you know, or is this a Ubisoft game? Yes. Right. Oh, there we go. Okay. Two thousands Ubisoft game, multi-platform Ram, Ubisoft game. Uh, does this game uh, take place in the Clancy verse? No. Uh, so, huh? But you stars. It plays. You play as a human. Uh, is this an Assassin's Creed game? Yes, that's ten. Hey, so it has to be. It has to be one, one. Well, okay, I can't remember when three came out. Yeah, the, I can't. It's all. Or it's Brotherhood all Brotherhood or anything. I mean, does well, this so game Brotherhood start? is is well before. It has to be well before two thousand ten. Those are all three sixty games. This even is from two thousand to two thousand ten. Is they are? Yeah, it is. Yes. Um, yeah, so this, it's either one, one of the twos, or three. Is this game? Wait, so is it worth asking if it stars Ezio? Yeah, I mean that's three games. Does so this game star might... Ezio? Yes. Woo. Okay. Is it the no, first in a series? To... No. Okay. So it's Brotherhood or Revelations. Okay. And is then... it the last in a series? Well, wait, but what well, hold on. Revelations. <laughs> last in, wait, series. Wait, wait, in, in that series. Which, which Brotherhood? No, there was Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2, Brotherhood, and Revelations. He's in four games. Yep. Right? No, two Brotherhood and Revelations. That's it. He's in one. Oh no, one is Altair. No, Altair. Yep. Yeah, my bad. So okay, okay, so which one? Which one is the one in Rome? Brotherhood. Yeah, Brotherhood. And then two is in Venice and those other cities, right? Dude, I can't remember. I don't know how to narrow I'm this down. It. I'm losing it. Well, I mean, it's two games, right? Like it's just... <laughs> okay. Does this, does this uh, game have no, a number I, in I its think, title? No, Mark, I think you misunderstood. I didn't know mm. that this character is not in one. And I asked about the first in the Got series. So okay. That. So it still could be Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. Uh, is this a numbered game? Yes. Yeah, does it have a number in its title? Is yeah. it Assassin's okay. Creed 2? Yes. Assassin's Creed 2. That's 14. <laughs> 14 questions. Yeah. Assassin's Creed 2, which I'm surprised we've never had before on this Where show. does it take yeah. place? This one's Ven- in uh, Venice. And Venice. that's like a, there's a couple main cities. Couple and then three, cities. they saved Rome for three. 
Uh, or Revelations. Revelations. Yeah. Revelations. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like three. Not, three yeah, takes sorry, sorry, place sorry. in America. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Bro- Brotherhood. The next okay. one after two, which is not three. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed two, two. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then Revelations is the one that ties together Altair and Ezio, right? Yeah, that's like that's the era of Assassin's Creed that I actually know and care about. <laughs> I fell off around is this, then. Is this all Desmond era technically? Yeah, uh, yeah. Our Desmond era is until uh, technically to the end of three, but like yeah. he's still mentioned in all of them, even even Valhalla. In Valhalla, they mentioned Desmond. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. Funny. Well, nicely job you got there. Assassin's Creed 2. Thank you to Sam and Ox for sure for the recommendation. And that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Justin. Mm -hmm. Thank you to everyone working behind the scenes here in the LA office to make this episode possible. We will be back next week with more fresh scoops for you. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. And we're out. of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.